Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 on KATX and KWBY, as Angela Robinson joins Terry Slavens to share important financial information to help you live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, estate and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. And welcome into Life Planning 101 on this Tuesday, as we had Martin Luther King Day yesterday. Angela Robinson in with me this morning. And Angela, always great to have you in. Can you believe we're already to the 19th of January? Uh, No, no. And I'm uh, taking some classes and I've got to have stuff in this week. So I really can't believe that. You know, I used to say, you want, you want to have 90 days go by in a hurry, go to the bank and get a 90-day signature loan back in the day when you could do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And that 90 days would go by. Just Look like that. If you have something to do at school, that's, same thing. That's exactly right. But uh, we are off and rocking in 2021. I don't know what rocking means for you. I think it's a little bit different for everybody as an American these days. But we've got a wonderful show lined out. And the reason I say that it's wonderful is... I have just a slight hunch due to the change in regime. We're going to be seeing a lot of estate planning this year. Just a hunch um, about getting some things done that you've been putting off for the last four years, even though we've been telling you you needed to get it done, right? Yeah, take advantage. Um, Now's the time. (laughs) That's exactly right. But uh, you've kind of got 2021 or 2021. So we are going to talk, though, we're going to talk about this with a twist. We're not going to be talking about taxes. We're not going to be talking about estate planning structures as a whole. We're going to be talking about mm, some people, what they consider a taboo subject. And I want to start by telling you um, a little story by an attorney himself. And he was talking about a woman that walked in to her own attorney's office and she asked for an estate plan. And he said he'd be happy to assist her, but his retainer was $5,000. So she wrote him a check and gave it to him, and he thanked her, and then he asked her to tell him about her estate. And she said, well, you're looking at it. <laughs> so I think sometimes that's what we feel like, right? right. So when we, when we start working with attorneys, and we decided, uh, this has been, I think, probably a little over 10 years ago, that we would start intervening, and we created what we call the legacy planning process. And we intervene between the estate planning attorney and the CPA and the trustee in some cases to make sure that the family is really getting what they think they're getting and what they want. Because what we found is that most people are scared to death to tell their attorney anything. Why are they scared to death to tell their attorney anything? Shame. Shame. Well, there, there. Yes, that could be part of it. There's usually two reasons primarily. Number one is everything you say costs money, Money. right? And then the number two thing that we get back a lot is I just don't understand them. I don't understand what they're saying, and it's almost an embarrassment. And it shouldn't be, right? You know, we have lingo that we use inside of our own office that I wouldn't dare use around anyone else. They can completely understand what we're doing. It's just a matter of time to be able to get that education. Well, we don't have that time. They'll saying put it in layman's terms. That's right. Put it in layman's terms. So we, our legacy planning process is the layman's terms by all means, right? And we do things totally different, probably from what you see most of the time. Most of the time when you see an estate plan, you say, well, I need to get an estate plan, I guess. And what's that mean for you? So Mr. and Mrs. Clatt, what are you wanting? A will, I guess those powers of attorney things I need and, you know, something if I get sick. 
you know, take care of me there, right? And that's what they think they need. So then the attorney, especially if it's not a planning estate planning attorney, which, by the way, I've only found a couple of those in the entire time that I've been working with attorneys. Most are just drafters. Right. And that's they're really good at law. They're really good at understanding what can or cannot be done. But they're not planners, right? So they don't help you think about the what ifs that could be happening. And so you tell them what you want and then you get something back in return. Right. And so there's something out there that I hear a lot. And it's this term. I don't like trusts. I hear that all the time. Why do I hear that all the time? Most of the time, that's because someone's had a very bad experience with a trust. Right. Or they've heard of someone that has had a very bad experience with a trust and they're scared to death of them and they don't understand them. So I want to kind of play Mythbusters on the show today because it's a really an all too common statement. It's like saying, I don't like sweets, right? <laughs> so <laughs> there are truly some people that don't like sweets. Right. I get that. I get that. But most of us have at least one homemade dessert or something that just really gets our attention, melts in our mouth every time. We can't resist it. We can't walk by it. We've got to have it. You know, most of us. Now, I'm not saying everyone. So just like a trust, a trust may not be for everyone and it may not be a fit for you, but there are so many types of trust. How do you really know? It's like sweets. It might be that a trust is the perfect fit for your unique situation, but because of the bad taste that you've had in your mouth from having the wrong kind of sweet, it doesn't taste that way. So what I want to talk about is is really go into what the three types of trusts are. And then, by the way, <laughs> we wrote a little article for this week. So if you you know go online, you could subscribe to our newsletter if you're not even on it, www.kennedy financial.com our weekly life lessons and we have on here dozens of trusts named and that's just a few of them dozens you heard me so how can you really say i don't like trusts when there's dozens, dozens. to be listed right off the top of your head it's like saying i don't like cookies that's exactly and there's right. multiple dozen, multiple types dozen, of cookies yeah. right and here's what i equate it to is that and we're going to use apple pie just because I like apple pie for this example here. But let's just say that I make an apple pie and I leave out the sugar. How's that going to taste? Not very good. Not good at all, is it? Especially if I use those green apples. It's going to be really tart. And that's really the best apples for an apple pie. So the problem with trust is often the same. It's really not the trust. It's the ingredients. Either the ingredients left out or the ingredients that were put in that shouldn't have been put in to begin with. So... You know, really, when we see trusts and we haven't been involved in the legacy planning process, and I'm not saying this is every time, but I'm saying this is most of the time, we see poorly written trusts. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, she just took a stab at the attorneys. Nope, I didn't. I didn't take a stab at the attorneys at all. Because here's what happened. No thought was really put into creating the family's success, the legacy. It was what we said in the beginning. You went and said, I want this. The attorney says, well, you need this so that you don't pay these taxes or you don't do this. And then no thought was really given to the appropriate language that should have gone in that trust in the first place. It's kind of like making an apple pie and you forget the cinnamon and the nutmeg. Now, that's going to be a weird tasting apple pie. Pretty bland, right? Yes. So, Or maybe we just leave out the sugar, too, on top of all that. Yuck. 
and here's the other thing I, we see. You ever bought a store box apple pie? Yes. Okay, in the frozen section? Yes. Marie Callender makes a flipping awesome <laughs> apple pie. I'm just saying. She really does it. I'm like a homemade person. Like, I even, I, I, I'm not much of a baker. My mom is, but I cook. So I'm real picky, I have to admit. Well, the problem isn't the pie, right? If you don't like apple pie, are you going to like Marie Callender's apple pie? No. No. It doesn't matter not. whose apple pie it is. It doesn't matter whose apple pie it is. And it may be the best pre-made apple pie in the world, but you may not like it and you may not need it. And that's a lot like trusts. Is a lot of trusts are boilerplate written trusts. And you can actually, I've taken several, you know, legal documents when we go to do the legacy printing process. We have to provide the old legal documents to the attorney so he can look at anything. And he'll say, oh, yeah, this was just taken out of this blah, blah, blah. I'm like, really? So, and they paid what for that? You know, so there are those attorneys out there that really just don't, they they either are not specialized in estate planning, so they pull down these boilerplate documents, or they just don't do that tailored of planning, and they feel like that one size fits all is okay for everyone. Well, neither of those things seem to be true. So there's no wonder People have a bad taste in their mouth because if you have something that doesn't fit your situation and fits your family, can it upset people? Absolutely. Yeah. Can it be efficient and helpful or hurtful? Yes. Yes. All the above, right? We don't know. And the problem with all this is trusts can be absolutely amazing. They can be amazing tools. And we're not saying that they're just right for you, but they might be. And how do you know unless you actually take a deep dive into figuring out what you want. So when we come back on Life Planning 101, we're going to do a little bit more Mythbusters on trusts. Life Planning 101, Segment 2. We're talking about trust today. Yes, I don't like trust, whether they're revocable, revocable, living testamentary, irrevocable, irrevocable, living, Medicaid protection, Medicaid qualifying, home protection, supplemental needs, special needs, charitable lead annuity, charitable lead unit, charitable remainder unity. I could keep going on and on and on, right? Dozens and dozens of trusts. How do you really know if a trust is right or wrong for you? Well, let's back that train up and let's get a little lesson from an estate planning attorney at Postick and Bates Estate Planning Firm. And he has an incredible article on estate planning lessons from Star Wars. Star Wars. Yes, Star Wars. So he says, I'll cut it straight to the point. More than anything else, Star Wars is a saga about legacy. Think about it. Ah, if you've seen it, you know exactly what he's talking about, right? And he gives these lessons in his little uh, segment. This is really good. You know, families can be complicated. So does one trust fit all, really? No. No, it doesn't. Every family's different. Lots of blended families in our country. Lots of families with dysfunctional family members. In fact, isn't that really kind of every family? If it's not, I'm going to scratch my head a little bit. But <laughs> I thought it was. So I thought it's completely normal. You know, family dynamics are incredibly important to consider when you're making out your legacy plan. Notice I didn't say estate plan. Legacy plan. Notice I didn't say trust. Right. Notice I didn't say will. Legacy, right? It's about what your legacy is about and it has to concede with the fact that you do have family dynamics that are different from everybody else so a marie calendar's apple pie is not gonna work 99 percent of the time and unfortunately it's probably used 99 percent of the time right so everyone should have a, an estate plan is lesson number two 
so I get this a lot. Well, we really don't need an estate plan because our estate's just simple or our family dynamics are, are just simple. So if you've seen Star Wars, you know the name Yoda. Right. Okay. Yoda really had what? A stick? A staff? A little place? You know, n- nothing. Ancient Jedi artifacts? <laughs> and that's really it, right? But he was probably, or he was on Star Wars, the wisest little thing, creature, whatever you want to call him, of of all of them, right? Powerful beings in the galaxy. And so the reality is, is if he didn't have an estate plan, it sounded like, well, he'd probably just want Luke to take this stuff and do something with it. Well, there's this common law doctrine called eschiet. And it's almost like the last part of it is spelled cheat, literally, where states without any heirs, states without any heirs, are legally bound to the state. So the empire would be his heir. Right. Think about that. Was that what Yoda really wanted? No. No, it wasn't what Yoda really wanted. So isn't this great? So we we need to think about the fact that even not having an estate plan, you have an estate plan. Yeah. Yeah. It can either be yours or it could be the state's. That's right. And you mentioned something earlier, Terry, about, you know, old documents. It's just as critical because... We have rules that have changed drastically from 10 years ago, much less 20 years ago. Multiple times. Yeah. And I'm telling you, if you have documents that were written um, before 2005, you probably have a horrific disaster waiting in those documents for the first spouse to survive the other one. Okay? Because the estate tax laws were way different. And there was language that was uncommon, such as may, and more common, such as should or must. And so having to implement what's in those documents might be a must, and it might cost a lot of time, heartache, and money. And a lot of people say, well, I don't know what I want to do. Well, let me ask you a question. If you don't know what you want to do, do you want to leave that on a grieving spouse? Because they're going to have to pick out something to do, or should you do it right now? together better to do it now absolutely absolutely so that's a huge lesson itself lesson number three beneficiaries might not be ready for their inheritance remember ben solo (laughs) (laughs) okay so if you died tomorrow and i think this is so interesting boilerplate trust documents and even non-boilerplate trust documents usually just name an age that a beneficiary can receive the trust assets outright 25 yep okay So you're telling me that if a person is not responsible at 25, they're going to be responsible at 35? Who knows? Who knows, right? (laughs) Who knows? Or 45? And you may say, well, I don't care. By then, it's it's whatever. And that's completely fine. Some people do think that way. Some people say, I don't know if this is a dysfunction they're ever going to overcome or I don't know what my kids are going to grow up to be. I definitely don't want to enable them or my grandkids. I don't want to enable them, but I want them to be able to accomplish that, 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 that. Well, that, 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 that is what should go in that trust document. Right. And that's what people fail to do. When we talk about our legacy planning process with people, I say, you remember the old Norman Rockwell pictures that were in Life magazine? Yes. Okay, so you remember these. If I talk to young people, I really don't remember these. <laughs> and I think they're great, right? I mean, I have some Norman Rockwell Christmas little statues. Right. And yeah, I think they're just, they're like the perfect American dream pictures, aren't they? Yes. Just the perfect American dream. So what's your Norman Rockwell look like? 
What does your legacy look like? Paint that. Every detail. There is not a sky that's a limit in this situation. You have to paint out what you want. And then you will tell you, okay, that's doable. That's unreasonable. That's going to cost too much. That can happen. That can't happen. Maybe we look at things this way. And we've had people say, well, what do I do? Because I've just got this, this child that I don't know what to do. Well, the good thing is, is we go back to our R&D department, <laughs> right? The Robin Duplicate. Because most likely, we've been through that experience before with the other families that we've been able to help with their legacy planning. And maybe we've seen it on the back end. So there's a lot of, uh, let's see, who was that client that we had that had this similar situation? Oh, yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And it's really good stuff to be able to have that artillery behind you when you're not necessarily just being pressed to get a document written. And then you hope to God that you didn't make your family really upset with you for the rest of uh, your time in that grave. You really wanted them to come visit you. Right. Flowers on the grave. So when we come back on Life Planning 101, there is more to your Star Wars saga of what you should be doing with your legacy plan. Final segment, Life Planning 101, right here on KPX KDY. Angela? Yes, and we are talking about I don't like trusts. Well, why don't you like trusts? And is it really something that needs to be busted up in a myth? Is it because of a bad experience? Is it because of a poorly written trust? Is it because of a story that you've heard? Or is it really that you just simply don't need one? Or would it be the best thing for your situation? So, determined to prove uh, the saying wrong, you can't take it with you, an old lawyer on his deathbed requested that his wife place some money in the attic directly above his head. Thought, you know, I'm going to go up to heaven, I can just grab it on my way up, no big deal. And his wife and butler honored the request, and soon after the old lawyer passed away, his wife and his butler inspected the attic to find that the money, well, it was still there, it did make it to heaven, Right. And his wife immediately turned to the butler and said, that fool, I knew he should have put it in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, maybe we have good intentions, but things don't work out the way we thought they were, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we were talking about something in the in the break that was really important, uh, Terry, about updating your estate plan. Well, this is lesson number four in the Star Wars saga of why you need to um, have an estate plan and what you need to be thinking about. And life changes a lot. And I love this. Take Luke Skywalker, for example. His mother died, arguably killed by his father. His uncle, Owen, died, likely ordered by his father. He moved away from his home to be a nomad. His best friend, Ben Kenobi, died, killed by his father. He lost his hand. He learned that his father was still alive, but then died for real. He learned that he had a sister after accidentally, oh, kissing her. His new best friend, Han Solo, died, killed by his nephew, and he died. Whew. Things change. Yes. Things happen. That's some complicated situation, right? And we were talking about the who's in a document. We were talking about do they make sense for your current estate plan? Do they make sense for your family dynamics? You know, simply naming someone as an executor or a trustee just because it's the responsible person in the family or it's the oldest um, the birth order right. doesn't mean that's going to go well. I hate to tell you. I mean, we talk about this all the time. Do you want to have good Christmases and Thanksgivings after you're gone? If you do, you probably need to have helpful thought put into that. Notice I said helpful thought put into that. And that's where we come in. We do a lot of devil's advocate questions. And the reason we do is that's what we're trying to secure. 
We're trying to secure the next generation having those good Christmases and Thanksgivings just like you wanted it to have. So what is lesson number five? A good estate plan involves more than just stuff. Hmm. Think about it. The only tangible item that we saw passed down in Star Wars was Anakin's old lightsaber. What was really passed down? Wisdom? Yeah. Isn't that what we want to pass down? What do we want to pass down? Our values or our money? Maybe both. But which is more important? If you had to leave one behind, which would you rather see your kids and your grandkids carry on? Leave the money behind. Yeah. So why do we spend all of our time so focused on the money in an estate plan? We don't give the legacy the time of day that it really deserves. Well, a legacy is way more than just the money. In fact, the money is just the tool to make the legacy work. So why do trusts not work? Trusts don't work because that isn't addressed. The legacy isn't addressed. The money is addressed. Well, I'm sorry. We think about money a little bit differently from most people. We think about it for what it's for, not for what it is. And anytime you do estate planning with money for what it is, you could be unintentionally setting up a disaster for the next generation to say, I don't like trusts, <laughs> right? <laughs> so here's the reality is trusts are an incredible tool. They can help in so many ways. It's just all about how they're designed. Are they designed because you think you need that trust? Are they designed as just the tool to support what your legacy plan and what it means for you to help your children, your grandchildren, and the causes that you care mostly about live life on purpose and have the best peace of you ever? Right? Right. So that's very powerful. Um, we're going to have some really good stuff come out on this this week. I encourage you to stay tuned with all things Kennedy Financial. You can uh, go onto our website, www.kennedy-financial.com, and you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and make sure you sign up for weekly life lessons. You can also listen to this iCast again. And if you want to do the legacy planning process, let us know, and we'll send you our fact finder as a complimentary one-on-one just session to see if this is a right fit for you or if we can at least advise you to a great attorney to be able to help you uh, with your estate planning. You said something earlier in the show, Angela, that I want to go back to about estate planning attorneys. There's a lot that put it on their shingle. Yes. That's what they are. Yes. But you said you have not found very many that are truly estate plan. I mean, they're they're not planners. They're they're not that. Not a boilerplate uh, uh, paperwork and stuff like that. Right. So they know the law. They know estate law. They know tax law around estates. And they can do a very, very good job with that. In fact, uh, we use a few of them. I like a lot of them. And that's a great question because they're really good at what they do, but they don't do the devil's advocate planning. And I've only seen just a couple of attorneys over the entire time span that we've been doing this that actually do that in-depth planning. And it's really important that if you're going to go to somebody and you want to make sure that you're setting up trust, that you have that planning. So you got to have an attorney. You may need an account, a CPA. The trustee. A lot of trustee. Yeah, the of- trustee needs to be looking at these documents to make sure that they can uh, use them. <laughs> That's a common misnomer, right? And then, you know, you need to have your advisor involved. And many of these documents were actually named as what's called the trust protector. And what that person does is just make sure that the wishes are carried out because we were the ones that had the intimate relationship with the families that we work with. So, you know, it's really important to be able to have that team that's backing you. And too often we just go to the attorney 
and get the boilerplate documents. Now, they can do estate planning, but it's really not planning. It's right. just estate law. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, thank you for the great question, Terry. My name is Angela Robinson. God bless everyone, and have a great week right here on Life Planning 101. You're not going to want to miss us next week when we come back. Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock on KATX and KWBY for more Life Planning 101. Advisory services offered through Smart Money Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Calton & Associates, Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Kennedy Financial Services, Incorporated is an independent of Calton & Associates. Associates Incorporated and Smart Money Group, LLC.